Welcome to the privy. How are you? I'm so happy to see you, Courtney. I've never opened it that way. I usually just say, welcome to the privy. This is Courtney. But now <laughs> I have you here, Mr. I'm going to go ahead and introduce you. It's just going right off. Damon L. Jacobs. What does the L stand for? Lucky to be sitting across from Courtney. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Therapist. Lusty, lovely. Actually, it stands for Lance. Lance. Mm-hmm. Damon Lance, Lance. Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And that's what you go by. Mm-hmm. Therapist. Well, I've been called a lot of things. <laughs> but Damon L. Jacobs is what I go by. Now, Damon is here to talk to the kids, the children, the listeners about all about prep. And now you are a therapist, an educator. Yeah. What else? I mean, you have a lot of things on your resume that you... <laughs> an author. Author. And a speaker. Okay. And all of the, 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 the thorough line for all of that is just a genuine love of teaching and sharing and, and fully believing that we all have the capacity to leave this world in a better place than right. how we found it. Right. And if we're doing something, at least anything, something every day mm-hmm. to try to make this world a better place than how we found it and a better place than where we're at right now, mm-hmm. um, then life can be meaningful, even if we're not always feeling good or satisfied or happy. But it's still meaningful mm-hmm. if we can end the day saying, I did my best to help others. Mm. And so that's why you see all these different like things on my resume of life. Because yeah. there's different ways that I like to do that. And one of the things that I thought about you when I was thinking about this episode that you are really heavily involved in is the education of prep or yeah. Truvada. Yeah. Tell me the difference between those two terms for people who don't know. So PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. That means it's a daily pill that an HIV-negative person could take Mm -hmm. in order to remain HIV-negative in case they're exposed to HIV. Now, at this moment in time, there's only one um, proven and FDA-approved use for PrEP, and that's a drug called Truvada. Got it. So at this moment, when we say PrEP and we say Travada, we're pretty much saying the same thing Got interchangeably. It. But in the future, that's not going to be the case. Oh. In the future, we're going to have different medications. We're going to have different injectables. We might even have like lubrications and gels. Wow. And there's always condoms. Right. So there's going to be so many ways to prevent HIV. It's like now we say birth control. Uh-huh. There's so many things that fall under the umbrella right. of, of birth control. Right. And, and in the future, PrEP will be an umbrella term. Wow. But for now, it's basically just Travada and PrEP interchangeably. Now, how did you get started with, like, speaking about PrEP, being an educator of PrEP? Like, how did that all come about? Well, it came about, actually, by a very, very lucky accident. Um, as many things, sometimes we look back at our life and we say, wow, something right. amazing happened. And it was really a lucky accident. Uh-huh. I was working in vaccine research at the time. Okay. So I was working on a vac- HIV vaccine trial um, for an organization that had me going out to bars and clubs in New York City. Mm-hmm. Poor me, bars and clubs and nightlife and talking <laughs> you... about sex and condoms and vaccine trials. And and actually, the the, the nightlife community, the drag community was so wonderfully supportive. Um, Papperman especially was so supportive really? of this work. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, she's the we called her the queen of vaccine because she was just so delightful and she really did so much to promote vaccine research. But when you're out in the field, you have to kind of know what's going on in the HIV prevention world. You right. have to be aware of the different studies and trials that are going on in case somebody asks you about them. Okay. And at the end of 2010, I was just about to ask you when, is yeah. when I learned about this trial called 
IPREX, which proved that Travada could prevent HIV very, very, very well. Mm -hmm. And immediately, I didn't necessarily think this was for me personally, but over the next few months, as I went through a breakup, and over the next few months, as I was getting into the dating world and the cruising world and the slutty world of New York City, which is a (laughs) lot of fun, but I can tell you, nobody was basically, hardly anyone was using condoms in 2011. Wow. Hardly anyone, and, and for the first time in my life, I was having all this conflict within myself okay. because I wasn't asking people to use condoms, but I'm still, right? But I'm still like this therapist, educator out in the field talking about HIV prevention, but I wasn't really following my own my own practice at that time. Why was that? What, what? Because... Because sex without condoms feels good. Okay. And I had tried to compartmentalize that or push that away or not acknowledge that in my own mind for so long. Right. I grew up in the 80s, and, and back then, coming out and gay, the, the only kind of sex you could have was with condoms, or you could potentially die. Right. And then I got in a long-term relationship, and, and we weren't using condoms, so mm. that wasn't really an issue. But mm. by 2011, which was also the year I was turning 40, mm-hmm. um, it was like, whoa, first of all, this feels amazing to have sex without condoms, and B, I've worried about HIV pretty much my entire life. Do I ever get to catch a break here? Do I ever get to have the kind of sex that I want to have without the fear? Yeah. And then, because of my job, I learned more about the studies and the trials and the research that showed how well Travada worked for PrEP and decided, I think this is right for me. I think this is the right thing for me. And I started using it July 19th, 2011, and have been using it consistently ever since. And when I say that, people are like, so what are the side effects? You know, it's like seven years. What are the side effects? I'm like, the side effects. It's like, I feel amazing. Yeah. I'm having all this really great sex that I'm enjoying. I'm not worrying about it. I'm not waking up at night thinking, oh, my God, this is it. I'm becoming HIV positive the way I used to. And I was starting to unravel all this fear. All this fear. And like this cloud had been hovering over me for 20 years. Like you're going to become HIV positive someday. At some point, you're probably going to become HIV positive. It felt like it was an inevitability. That started to lift once I started using PrEP in 2011. And I'm like, this feels so good. Why why isn't everybody using this? Why? So let's get into that. Why don't you think everyone uses it? Some of the part is I think a lot of people don't know about it. I think it's like even I'll have like straight friends who I'll I'll say something about it um, and they don't know what it is until I like kind of tell them a little bit more. And they're like, oh, I've heard of it before. But why right. is it that more people don't know about it? Right. Well, back in 2011, no one heard about it because it wasn't the media wouldn't cover it. Here in New York City, our agencies, organizations wouldn't talk about it. Doctors wouldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it was not FDA approved. Mm-hmm. But then in 2012, the FDA did approve it. Okay. But still nobody would talk about it. Okay. And I was like, this is a little weird, right? Okay. We have been working so hard for so long to prevent HIV, to treat HIV. But the agencies, the organizations, nationally, locally here in New York City, refused to give out this information about PrEP to the people who needed to hear it the most. Right. And who are? Who are gay, bisexual men, okay. transgender, okay. Um, young men of color. And why but, is that? Why is that that you like why is that for people who don't know? Well, these are the communities. Now, now there's uh, these are the communities that statistically in the United States are at higher risk of acquiring HIV. Got it. Now, that doesn't mean that the woman in Minnesota who is not using condoms with her husband, who has a husband who's, who's going around, around yeah, is yeah. not at great risk of HIV. She right. is. But in terms of HIV education, in terms of funding for education, people often look at clusters. Like 
communities right. where HIV prevalence is higher. And okay. in this country, it is gay and bisexual men and specifically young men of color between the ages of 13 and 25 approximately. Wow. Okay. Those are the high groups that still experience very, very high rates of new HIV diagnoses. And this whole thing about PrEP wasn't and still really isn't adequately mm -hmm. getting out to these groups. But as I told you earlier, if we do something every single day to try to help our world, that is what makes life meaningful. And I realized back in 2013 that I may not have an agency or an organization or funding behind me, but I do have a Wi-Fi connection and a lot of energy and a lot of coffee. <laughs> and it's not the and 90s. You, know, you don't need an organization to put your message out into the world. And yeah. that's when I started being really public and open about PrEP every single day yeah. as, as often and loudly as I could be. Yeah. Now, how does it work for um, – because I was looking at like a couple of like different websites online. How does it work for someone who already had – who is already HIV positive? Do they take PrEP? Like how does that work? Does that help to prevent from passing HIV along to someone? How does that work? Right. So that's the amazing, amazing point that we're at in prevention right now. Okay. That if someone's HIV negative, they mm -hmm. can take Truvada. Mm -hmm. to prevent HIV. And Truvada is about 99% or higher effective. Wow. Okay. Now, what we also understand medically mm -hmm. is that if someone is already HIV positive, if they're living with HIV mm -hmm. and they take treatment medications, and sometimes one of those meds might be Truvada, but mm -hmm. there's like a whole, there's like 30-something medications that right. they might be prescribed. But if they're on the treatment medications, the current treatment medications work so well that they can give somebody an undetectable viral load, mm -hmm. right? So there's bare, there's like no virus in their blood. And when that's the case, they cannot transmit HIV to others. Got it. So with the knowledge and the science that undetectable equals untransmittable, yeah. that someone who is living with HIV is actually the safest person you can have wow. sex with wow. if they're taking these medications right. and have had a viral suppression for six months or longer. They cannot transmit HIV to others. So if you and I go out to a bar and we're all looking for some action, and we're all like, <laughs> you know, and we meet one guy who's like, hey, I'm HIV positive and I've been on my meds for years and I'm in regular care and I'm undetectable. And we meet another guy who's like, oh, don't worry, baby, I'm negative. No problem here. Who are we more at risk of contacting HIV from? The one that's actually HIV negative, correct? right? The yeah. one who says they're HIV negative and may not know yeah. that they're HIV positive. I'm not saying people lie. I'm just yeah. saying a lot of people don't get tested. Right. So it's often the people who are not getting regularly tested, who are carrying HIV, who are not in treatment. And if they're not in treatment, it's quite possible they have a very high and detectable and transmittable viral load. Right. So this is like when we talk about serosorting and we talk about dating, I mm -hmm. always want people to understand to make sure that they're not practicing unnecessary stigma or discrimination yeah. in their dating or cruising or sexing practice. You know, some people I know who are HIV negative will say, well, I wouldn't date an HIV positive guy. I, I don't want to get sick, quote unquote. Wow. And I, I, I hear that a lot. Oh, and, and my friends who are HIV positive hear that a lot. Mm. But that is so ass backwards in terms of yeah, actually right. having a viable prevention strategy. Right. When you, you're talking about stigmas, what are some of the stigmas yeah. around PrEP? So – <laughs> yeah. Um, you may have heard a term called Travada Horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That actually was originally designated. Well, that that came out in the Huffington Post immediately after I did a segment on the Huffington Post Live. Yes, in and November I've seen that. 2012. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was so excited to do this segment mm-hmm. because back then the Huffington Post Live was actually something people watched. Right. And I thought, okay, this word, the word's going to get out. People are going to learn about it. Right. And I was really excited to be part of that message. Mm-hmm. But then three days later, one of their writers posted a column called Travada Whore. And, unfor- and it was intended to stigmatize and shame anyone who uses Travada for PrEP. Right. Anyone who would take a drug to remain HIV negative. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, that is how some people heard about PrEP for the first time. It was in that framework of oh, wow. this is something only sluts do, as if that's a bad word. Right. Um, this is only something, quote unquote, whores do or people who are immoral or pathological or sick. This yeah. is how they do it. And we look down upon those people and we shame those people. Which is so crazy. So it's so crazy. And that's why a lot of people delayed their initial um, decision to yeah. use Travada was yeah. because they thought it was something bad or wrong. Yeah. And I mean, you got to think about how long we've been living with HIV and AIDS yeah. and, and how hurt and devastated our community will be for the rest of our lives. Yeah. So how could people stigmatize a way to remain HIV negative? That's like yeah. almost 100% yeah. effective. It just, it's been a very crazy ride. <laughs> when do you think you, there was a shift in, in culture? Because I feel like I've met quite a few gay men that are mm-hmm. on it now. Where do you think that shift kind of happened in, in in the process from being kind of a drug that was stigmatized and had all this like kind of taboo around it, surrounding it, to kind of becoming this accepting way of life for a lot of gay men? Well, I think, I'm not sure it has at least outside the major cities. Okay. I think okay. in New York and Chicago and LA and mm-hmm. San Francisco, the, the shift in stigma happened around 2015. Okay. Because around that time, Barack Obama, or President Barack Obama, I'm holding my heart. Oh, <laughs> President, I'm going to say President Barack Obama because I love the way that feels. Um, he started talking about this in 2015. Okay. And around the same time, Shonda Rhimes included PrEP and a storyline on how to get away with murder. Yeah. And between that and between there having been three years from the FDA approval, so mm-hmm. more and more people were talking about PrEP, I feel like that was when there was a shift in having it kind of be normalized mm-hmm. and people started need to think, huh, maybe this isn't something wrong. Maybe right. this is something okay. And right. hey, my friend's doing it, and that guy online is doing it, yeah. and they're fine. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's okay. Maybe it's right for me. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the numbers of when PrEP really started to take off in this country, um, I think 2015 is where there was sort of a, a huge upward tick. But again, we're talking about the major bubbles. Yeah. Outside the major cities, and especially in most parts of the South, um, there has not been a great uptake, and mm. I think there is still a stigma there. I think there, if you talk about prep, it's still like one of those slut, wrong, really? shameful, immoral things. Yeah, so that's really the area that needs to be concentrated on next in yeah. terms because we're not going to end the epidemic if it's just like privileged city people taking it. It right. has to be a, a, a buy-in all right. around in order to really see these numbers drop significantly. So... um so are you going around to these different places in the South and kind of educating people? And, like, what does that look like? Is is that, like, a, or is it, like, of a pushback from people because of that taboo around, like, being the whore or what have you? Which I find so crazy that a person wouldn't want to take it to be preventative, more caution on the safe side, than to worry about being a whore, a Travada whore, as, like, quote-unquote. Like, so how does that work, like, going in the South as someone that's from the South? Um, How is that going down there? So I would 
like, I, I, like first around. thing that comes to mind, uh, like, comes to mind, like gay men of color is Atlanta, right? Like, which is like the gay like mecca for African American men. So, right. how is that doing down there? So there's. So I have not. I would love to go to those areas, oh, and go. I would love mm-hmm. to talk. I've done a few talks over the years mm-hmm. um, in, in Texas, in Houston, okay. in Florida, um, in New Orleans. Uh-huh. And the thing is, when I'm when and it's a privilege and a blessing when I get to do that. I love going to those areas, and I love talking. The thing about that is, it's usually either at a conference or a clinic, or yeah. Some sort of, and the people coming to that are usually yeah. people who are already pretty, um, no. as we say in, in the motivational interviewing, they're kind of already in an accepting or, or okay. action stage of change. Got it. So the question is, how do you reach the people, the consumers, the patients, and the providers in mm-hmm. these areas that might be against prep? People mm-hmm. who would not show up for a talk right. that I would be headlining or, or, or part of. Yeah. Um, um, and and no one's really has a perfect answer for yeah. that. Um, no one knows exactly how we change the epidemic in the South. Right. Um, in my opinion, and, and so by the way, that's that's really like what is being talked about now right. at a lot of conferences and national HIV conferences and and discussion groups. It's like how do we reach these at risk groups? And I'm mm-hmm. putting that in quotes because. There's some debate about using that term. Mm-hmm. But how do we reach these groups of individuals and communities who really, really, really need this information in mm-hmm. the South and help them make these decisions that are right for them? Mm-hmm. I don't have any exact answers, but I'll tell you what I do know. Okay. Tell people the truth yeah. about PrEP. Mm-hmm. This is what I say to providers. Tell people the truth. Don't lie to them about PrEP. There are some myths. There are some lies out there mm-hmm. that providers sometimes spread, either because they don't know or because they've heard the wrong thing or they don't have something called Google and they can't read the CDC guidelines, like how to prescribe PrEP. What are some of these lies or these misconceptions that they are spreading? That it's 90% effective or it's only 92% effective. Oh, that got is it. so untrue. Okay. There are over 300,000 people in the world okay. currently using PrEP. And that's a low, low, low estimate, okay? At least 300,000 people in the world using PrEP. How many people do we know of who became HIV positive while using PrEP, while adhering to PrEP on pay? I wanted to ask you that. How many? Two. Wow. One in Toronto, one in Amsterdam. There's only two verified cases, meaning... They could go, they could look at the blood, they could look and see, yes, this person was using PrEP. At the time, they became HIV positive. Mm -hmm. And the researchers are looking at that. They're like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Okay. But let's just say two out of 300,000 is a lot higher than 99%. If PrEP was only 99% effective, we would have at least 3,000 of these cases. Yeah. Yeah. And we only know of two. Right. There's a few other reports of like three other people uh-huh. who became HIV positive while using PrEP, uh-huh. but they weren't in treatment or they weren't showing up for their appointments at the time they became HIV positive. I, and so gonna, we can't verify their yeah. adherence. I was going to ask you about that. Like, how important is it? Well, first, the first part of the question is when you start taking PrEP, how quickly does it go into your, I guess, bloodstream, if you will? Mm-hmm. And like, how consistent do you have? How important is it? In, in taking it regularly, or I know you started off the the um, episode today saying you take it once a day. Mm-hmm. How important is that for someone taking PrEP? So it's a little bit different for men and for women, and we'll break okay. that down. Okay. For cisgender men, okay. or for anyone who's using it for, for rectal sex, for mm-hmm. receptive rectal sex, mm-hmm. Travada is what we call a very forgiving drug. Okay. So the guidelines are take it seven days a week, but we know this drug works very, very well even if somebody skips or misses a few doses. Okay. So so that's really important. This is under the head, head category of tell people the truth. Yeah. 
Because if you tell people it has to be taken the same time every single day, and if you miss a dose, you have no protection, that's not true. Okay. That is biologically not true. Okay. The way Truvada gets stored up, especially in the rectum, allows there to be significant protection even if somebody misses a few doses here or there. Okay. So that's really important for people to know. Now, the reason it's different for cisgender women is because the way it builds up in the vaginal tissues is a little bit different. And Got we it. still don't fully understand that. Okay. But it appears that women or people with vaginas do need to take it like every day in order to have the maximal protection for front hole vaginal sex. Got it. But for rectal sex, it is a very, very forgiving drug. So I take it every, I say I take it consistently. Has okay. it been every single day over the last seven years? No, I've missed a few days here or there. Yeah. Um, but has it been consistent? Yes. There's a consistent level always in my bloodstream, my bloodstream and my <laughs> bloodstream, always at the same time. Oh, that was a slip. Um, so, you know, I have protection in that way. Right. So it's really important people know. And the other thing that people misunderstand, it's like, oh, if I'm going to take PrEP. This is like the rest of my life. It's not the rest of your life. Yeah. It, it's I choose to take it every day right. because I'm slutty. But even if I'm not <laughs> slutty, I yeah, <laughs> even if I wasn't slutty, I still would take it every day because to me it offers a peace of mind that I did not have for 22 years of my life. Mm-hmm. The 22 years that I spent worrying about HIV and I don't have that worry anymore than when I take Travada. It, so it does afford me a peace of mind yeah. and a sense of control I've never had before over my own body. But right. people don't have to take it right. if they're not at significant risk of acquiring HIV. Mm-hmm. So again, just like birth control, a woman may use birth control at times in her life when she's at risk of having an unwanted pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But if she's not sexually active or not at risk of having an unwanted pregnancy, she doesn't have to take a pill or use whatever birth control she's using. PrEP is very similar. You mm-hmm. don't have to take it during the times in your life or what we call the seasons of risk right. that you're really not at any risk of acquiring HIV. Right. The really, really important thing is if people stop taking it and then they plan to restart, it's really essential that they get confirmed as HIV negative before Fourth. they start using it again. Got you it. can start and stop as much as you want, but you just have to make sure you're HIV negative and get a confirmed HIV negative test before you restart. That's really, really important. Okay. Now, I noticed that when you were talking about cis women, cis women, mm-hmm. I've noticed in even marketing, you'll see these ads. And most recently, you start to see straight heterosexual couples on these ads. How is the, are, are straight people more receptive of using the drug? And how did that kind of, when, when did that shift kind of happen? Because I was noticing originally it was like all you would only see gay men. Even online today, I was looking at different things and they definitely geared towards gay men. But now, most recently, like I said, like on buses or maybe on the train or whatever, I've started to see heterosexual couples in these ads. Yeah. When did that happen? And are they more receptive of the drug? Well, there's, again, another myth in this country is that HIV and AIDS are, quote, a gay disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there has been a much higher uptake of PrEP in the gay, bisexual, male, cisgender mm-hmm. male community. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're seeing in New York City and definitely what we're seeing in Washington, D.C. and other areas is the, the push on behalf of public health mm-hmm. to let women know that they are appropriate for PrEP, too. Yeah. And that especially if they have a husband or partner who's HIV positive or might be HIV positive or might say he's monogamous when he's not. Yeah. Um, this is a way for a woman to protect herself. Yeah. And, you know, we uh, when you work in the HIV field and you work in the therapy field, you do get clients or cases where uh, someone comes in and they said, yeah, I became HIV positive and I really, really thought my my partner and I were monogamous and it turns out we weren't. Yeah. 
And I don't want any person to ever be in that position. Mm. And I think a lot of women are have been in that position mm. of being exposed to HIV um, without knowing it, without their consent. You know, a few years ago, Charlie Sheen came out about being HIV positive, mm-hmm. and and we had an opportunity in the media at that time yeah. to really emphasize prep for women. Yeah, and I was so pissed off because. He even said on the Today Show, it's like, yes, I have female partners who I don't use condoms with, and they're on medication. And nobody followed up with that. No one followed up like with that. No one medica- said, no one talked about the medication. Yeah. No one talked about how a woman could protect herself from HIV. Right. I mean, it was like, ah! Yeah. So that that message really needs to get out there. And again, in areas like Washington, D.C. and New York City, there definitely is a push on public health part to let women know that. Um, but the numbers, and it's very hard to know exactly who is taking PrEP and, and where and what their gender is, but right. the numbers that we do have indicate that it's still primarily men um, who are using it in, in the United States. Now, with women, is it effective with birth control, birth control yes. too? Like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, cool. That's mm-hmm. the first thing I thought about. I was like, Ooh. Yeah. yeah. It works with birth control, but it also works without birth control. What I mean by that is that in my – so I have a Facebook group where we talk about these issues every day. And we have three women who have used PrEP to conceive four babies with an HIV-positive husband or partner because they wanted to naturally conceive a child with a partner who is living with HIV. And they used PrEP to do that. That is what the potential is sitting in front of us. HIV serodiscordant, or what we call magnetic, HIV-positive and negative couples, heterosexual couples, can Mm -hmm. conceive naturally now. Wow. So we have these four babies on our page that were born thanks to PrEP. Oh, that's amazing. It's like... It's a beautiful thing, right? <laughs> now, you, at the start of the episode, you also were really, really excited, and even on social media. What are some exciting things that are happening right now in the world of PrEP? So there's more and more, as, as more time goes on, mm-hmm. right, there's more and more people using it. As more mm-hmm. people are using it, we're understanding better how it works, that it mm-hmm. really works extremely well mm-hmm. uh, for men or women all over the world, that it's working extremely well. Um, I think the the exciting part is that um, we still have – I mean there's more and more people using it in the world. There's more and more research supporting this. And what I don't think people realize is that there's still ways to get it covered in the United States. There's still ways to get it. I'm glad you're making this And point. I really – because again, like this is under – tell people the truth. Yeah. Um, this is more my finger pointing at the insurance companies because right. a lot of them – are either outright lying right. or misleading right. their um, members to think that they don't cover PrEP when they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but <laughs> there's certain insurance companies that are telling people they don't cover PrEP when they do cover PrEP. And like, how do you battle that if you're... So like, let's say you found that yeah. out. How do you battle that? You just go straight to them and be like, hey, you do cover it? Like, yeah. how do you... Um, you demand documentation. Okay. So if my insurance company says we don't cover PrEP, I'm like, what is your name? Mm-hmm. What is your extension? You're wrong. But I'm, you know, to now I'm getting your name. Now give me your supervisor's name. Get me to your supervisor. Mm-hmm. It means that a lot of us have to be more active about our health care and our yeah. wellness and our insurance than right. we've ever had to be before. Mm-hmm. And people don't have to do this on their own. If they go to the Facebook group, Prep Facts, Rethinking HIV Prevention and Sex, they're going to see that we help people do that you know, almost every day. Mm-hmm. But usually if you push back on the insurance companies mm-hmm. and you say, let me speak to your supervisor, that's generally where they back down. Mm-hmm. Or if they're not backing down there, say put it in writing please document show me where you have to document give me your name show me the documentation saying you won't cover prep and that's always where they back down and the one time they didn't 
someone in our group went to the media and the media had a field day and they backed down like within 24 hours. Wow. They do cover prep. Here's the thing. If you – most people answering the phone, if you call your insurance company, I have Fidelis Care, you know, and, and I actually like Fidelis Care, so I'm not slamming them. Shout out to but, Fidelis but, Care. <laughs> Fidelis Care is awesome <laughs> in New York. Um but most times, if you call your insurance company and somebody in member services offered and you're like, hey, how much would I have to pay to be on prep every month? Mm-hmm. They're going to say, what's that? Or we don't cover that. So Because they, they don't know what prep is. If you say you have to ask the question, what tier is the Travada drug covered under? Tier, uh-huh. T-I-E-R. Uh-huh. How much is Travada per month? What tier is that in? All the formulary drugs are under different tiers, tier one, tier two, tier three. They get mm-hmm. more and more expensive. Mm-hmm. So when you call member services, if they say, well, Travada appears to be a tier two drug on your plan. Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, with my plan, um, how much would that be out of pocket mm-hmm. or how much would that cost? And then they have to give you the right information. But it's like you have to really be concrete with them. Travada, call it Travada. Don't call it prep. Call it Travada. Mm-hmm. The good news is that there's so much easy assistance to to pay for this. Gilead is the name of the pharmaceutical company that makes this. And I have no direct ties to them, but Mm -hmm. I give them props for doing some things right. And one of the things they're doing right is that any person of any income anywhere in the United States can get $4,800 of assistance per year to pay for Travada. So that's why most people in the U.S. aren't paying for it. They might have to pay for their insurance premiums. But if my copay for a tier three medication on my plan is $80 a month, I'm not going to pay that. Gilead's going to pay that every month, every year. So that's how I've been able to afford it. Then if you don't have any insurance at all, if you have zero coverage and you make less than about 58,000, less than 500% of the federal poverty level, Mm -hmm. Gilead will usually pay for the drug too. There's a medication assistance program. Mm -hmm. And if anyone wants to find out about that or ask about that, it's really, really, really easy to get hold of a live person who will talk about this with you um, at 1-800-226-2056. Again, 1-800-226-2056. That's the number for Gilead. I have no association with them. I just Mm -hmm. want to make that clear. But they did set up that phone number and they did set up these assistance programs so that anyone who is interested in using PrEP in the United States can do so and have relative financial freedom in order to do that. Wow. So this idea that you can't afford PrEP and this idea that insurance doesn't cover PrEP is is bull. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's one of the myths that's out there that you can't afford it. Medicaid covers it in all 50 states. Mm-hmm. So the only, only group of people that can't get covered uh, for Travada, for PrEP. There is there is one group of people. No, there's two, sorry. Um, people who have Hobby Lobby or the Christian-based insurance companies, mm-hmm. um, the Supreme Court ruled that they can deny people. They can discriminate against birth control pills and HIV treatment meds. Wow. They can, and they do. So if you have Hobby Lobby or Mercy, you may not get covered if you yeah. have those. And the other group of people that gets left out in the cold are um, Medicare Part D recipients. Okay. Travada is not – it's a long story, but they don't qualify for the assistance that's that's available because Gilead can't, like, help people on a government program. Gotcha. And so what people in that position have done, and I think it's really important Americans know more about this, is that they legally import generics from other countries. There are, are ways to do effective? that. Are they as effective? Yes, they're they're generic drugs. And everywhere else in the world outside the U.S., people who are using PrEP are using the generic equivalents. And they're metabolically the same drug. They're equivalent to the same drug in Travada. Is it more common in the U.S. than any other country in the world? And, and 
If not, what is the most popular country? Um, the U.S. right now, so there's about three, according to the World Health Organization, there's uh -huh. about 300,000 people using PrEP. Okay. And about 153,000 of them are in the U.S. So we're about 50% of that. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, every other country where people are using PrEP, they're using the generics. Got and it. there has been no complaints or concerns about people getting false. Uh, but again, if people come to the group, we'll get, there's a lot of... There may be some good pharmacies out there, and there may not be some good pharmacies. So people right. can come to the group because we have a list of verified pharmacies that our members use. Right. Well, talk to me about this shirt you have on so this before sure. we wrap it up. Oh, some people on prep wrap it up. <laughs> But, I realized but, that when but, I said but, wrap but, it up. But it's a choice. But isn't that cool that we have a choice? <laughs> that, that we can even good. play with that and yeah. go with that and because speaking, we have a choice. Speaking to that, that's a, a question that you see on a lot of websites. Yeah. Like, should I still use a condom uh -huh. if I'm using PrEP? Uh -huh. What do you have to say to that? Well, I'd say, first of all, I would never tell another person what they should do with their body. Yeah. I do not have the authority nor interest in telling any person what they should think, mm -hmm. feel, do, fuck, vote, think. You know, yeah. that's totally their own self will. Okay. It is. Ne I'll tell you, Courtney, I tell people in their shock, I am not pro prep. I'm pro education. I'm pro information. I'm yeah. pro access. I want everyone to make this decision with all the information and facts available to them. And what they do with that information is up to them. But I could not and would not ever suggest that anyone should do something that is that would be the imposition of my own will upon them. Right. And in general, when you do that in healthcare settings, if you do get people to conform to your should, they usually don't comply for very long. Mm -hmm. So I wrote an entire book about this called Absolutely Shouldless. And right. people can get that online or a DamonLJacobs.com, but this whole book about how using shoulds in healthcare has kind mm -hmm. of led us to um, to a place where people don't really do the things we want them to do. Right. So it's much better to work with their internal framework of, of priorities and goals and dreams and, mm -hmm. and values. Um, so when people ask about – so that's the first thing I would say. Mm -hmm. But the fact is about condoms, it's like people can use condoms with PrEP, but – Condoms don't really add additional additional protection, protection yeah. um, from PrEP. Again, we know of two people out of 300,000 who have acquired HIV. So mm -hmm. if people want to use condoms, they are certainly able to. Some mm -hmm. people use condoms, some people use PrEP, and some mm -hmm. people go both ways. Right. And that's totally their right to do that. But it's a choice now. It's a choice not to use condoms and to not get HIV. And that's a choice that we didn't have during the first 20-something years of this epidemic mm -hmm. um, when we were terrorized, when I was terrorized and traumatized by the mm -hmm. AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. um, I still remember those times when, when your friends, when your coworkers, when your colleagues would get AIDS and die. And wow. that's still seared in my brain. Right. And I lived in fear of that for so long. So this idea now that we get a choice and we get a decision to make about our sexual health is something that's so radically different from anything I've ever known. Mm -hmm. And I choose not to use condoms for mm -hmm. that reason. I choose not to use condoms because, A, I don't like the way they feel, and, B, I'm done putting up barriers in my sexual encounters. Yeah. Um, but that's my own choice. That doesn't mean that's the right choice for other people. Right. The shirt means that PrEP, now, even though it stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis, that for thousands and thousands of, of us using PrEP, mm -hmm. it has come to indicate that we are proactive, responsible, and empowered about our pleasure. And I sometimes say, and protection. Yeah. So it's proactive, right? Meaning yeah. you do it ahead of time. The thing with condoms, and I'm not knocking condoms, but mm -hmm. one of the disadvantages is that you can't really do a whole lot of planning. Mm. They kind of have to be used in the heat of the moment yeah. or not at all. Yeah. 
and they have zero protection if they're not being used at all. Yeah. So you're kind of demanding that human beings use a part of their brain that's rational and mindful and intentional, often at a time when they're anything but rational or mindful. Yes, exactly. You know, there's passion, yeah. and that's the way the brain works, and mm-hmm. that's good. Passion and sex and connection are good things. Mm-hmm. But what PrEP allows us to do, to do is to be proactive about this. So I take mm-hmm. this pill every day, and I do it in a way that's rational, that's sober and mindful, so that if I'm not rational, sober, or mindful later, I still don't have to worry about getting HIV. It is responsible because when I keep HIV from my own body, I'm also making sure that I'm not accidentally giving it to other people. Because remember what I said earlier. We're out in the club and we meet someone who's positive and on their meds or someone who's like HIV negative or Mm -hmm. hasn't been tested for a year. Who is more likely to transmit HIV? Most people often are transmitting HIV these days because they don't know their status. Right. So when I take PrEP every day, it's a responsibility from my body and the other bodies that I may enjoy later on. Mm-hmm. And then it's empowering because it's the first – I can say – I can be honest with you, Courtney, right? Can I be honest with you? <laughs> You've already been can honest. I say, so they can have, I, be honest? I I'm scared to know where this is going to okay. go now. <laughs> be okay. honest. I will tell you. As a bottom <laughs> – as the bottom partner – I have never had the choice to stay HIV negative before. Because think about it. If I'm bottoming, it's always been contingent on the top Mm -hmm. to make sure that condom is on, that it stays on, that it doesn't break or fall off or fall in or, you know, disappear as condoms sometimes do. That's always been dependent on another person's judgment. Right. As the bottom partner now on PrEP, I make that decision every day. And that is extremely empowering in a way I've never known in my entire life. And if people are on the PrEP Facts group, PrEP Facts Rethinking HIV Prevention and Sex on Facebook, they're going to see a lot of people saying, wow, I feel in control of my body. I feel in control of my sexual health for the first time in my adult life. This Mm -hmm. is amazing. And it's empowering. And then I also say pleasure because so often in HIV prevention and safer sex movements, we forget why we're even having this conversation. We forget what we're trying to help people do, which is to have pleasurable sexual connections. Mm -hmm. Sex is healthy. Sex is good. Sex is a wonderful thing. And so much of what we learn in our culture is that sex is commodified. Sex is exploitive. um, That if it's, you know, when it's not consensual, it it can be violent. But we hear all about that part. But what we kind of left out of the HIV prevention messages in the 80s and 90s was the fact that people want to have sex to feel good. They want Mm -hmm. to have sex for fun. And now we have so many ways to help people do that. PrEP is one of them. Um, The undetectable message is the other. Mm -hmm. You know, what we call treatment is prevention or U equals U. Undetectable is untransmittable. That is another significant way that people can connect without barriers. And, of course, condoms are still our friends. Mm -hmm. I want to make one thing clear here. PrEP prevents HIV and nothing else. Yes. It does one thing, and it does that one thing exceptionally well, but it does not protect from anything else. So gonorrhea, syphilis, chlamydia, all those other little buggers, it does not protect (laughs) from those. So if people are worried about those, they can still use condoms or they can still not have sex or whatever they want to do. But for those of us using PrEP, this is an opportunity to be proactive, responsible, and empowered about our pleasure in a way we've never had before. And that's why I love talking about this. Awesome. Thank you How so cool much for coming today. Tell everyone. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're out of time. We're out of time. We can't be, we can't be here for hours now. Hold on. We, we do have a time, Karimba. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you. Tell them about your Facebook group. 
website, everything. Sure. So people can see my work at DamonLJacobs.com, D-A-M-O-N-L-J-A-C-O-B-S. Don't forget the L because <laughs> there's another Damon Jacobs out there. I do not want to be. That's why. Okay. Yeah, okay, got it. Okay. Uh, let's just say there's, okay. there's some bad juju out there under my name. And, um, <laughs> and then people can also join the Facebook group, which is called Prep Facts rethinking HIV prevention and sex. And mm-hmm. facts is like the fact, like a, a F-A-C-T-S, mm-hmm. a facts. Um, it, it's about facts because there's a lot of unfactual information on social media. Shocking, right? <laughs> but this group was intended um, to be a place where we would discuss strictly mm-hmm. the facts, the data, the science, and, and answer questions and concerns based on the facts. So prep facts, rethinking HIV prevention and sex. And... Um, I just joined Instagram, but I'm really not doing a whole lot on there. I noticed so, that. I just joined though. Okay, <laughs> so oh, I'm glad. Come, come so, to, come to 2018. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, I need you to start posting on there. Start educating because there are a lot of young people on Instagram. I know, I know. It's a different way to reach people, yeah, so I, I, know. I need to think about that. Yeah. Um, so, I know it's such yeah. a yeah, it's such a headache. <laughs> While we're on the topic, you can uh, make sure you can follow us at theprivypodcast.com. Well, wait, I'm talking about the Instagram. The at the privy podcast and then soon to be the privy podcast.com, which should be in like the next week, I promise. <laughs> um also hit us up at Twitter, let us know what you think. Make sure you follow Damon, go see any of his speaking engagements. Thank you again for being here. I'm so thank you so much for inviting me here, Courtney. Oh my god, of course, this is great. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we will see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.